I can't remember. Did I share my revelation with everyone? I don't. Hmm. I don't think you did. I don't think you did. Because it would sound insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because maybe it is insane. Well, I'm, I know I'm not insane because it would say it on the sheet if I was. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> I know the rules. The Apocalypse Players present Machine Tractor Station Kharkov 37. We should get back to the tractor station. Duh. It may not be safe out here. A Call of Cthulhu scenario written by Brett Kramer with Danon McAleer as Senior Lieutenant Grigor Fyodorov of the Red Army. There may be an animal, but there is no animal capable of stashing these amount of human bodies and then burning holes in metal. People do these things. Joseph Chance, as Senior Sergeant Dr. Vissarian Beo Ivanovich Yuskov Lyubimova of the Red Army. No, it cannot be. It cannot be that the stars, like some sort of pagan or old-time fear, has come to grip us. Dominic Allen, as Administrator Major Yuri Kopolev of the Telegraph Service of the Soviet Union. I have seen some things in my time that have made me question whether we really know everything that is going on in this world. And Dan Wheeler, as everybody else. Left to his own devices in the tractor station, the doctor provided succor to the men, for many were feeling drained and suffering from a type of agoraphobia. He also finished reading the chemistry textbook and decided that it was merely the ravings of a madman, ironic, perhaps. Meanwhile, the other party found the Kolkos of Yorenkovo deserted, but with signs of a struggle and evidence of execution by firing squad. A mass grave was also discovered. However, this is not irregular and none of our concern. More interesting to us, Comrade Rulyova, is the water tank and the horrors revealed within once it was emptied. The foul stench coming from the liquid as it trickled away made many soldiers physically sick. And at the bottom, Lieutenant Fyodorov saw many deformed and bloated bodies with skin sloughing off them. Humans, yes, but also small mammals and birds. On the way back to the station, Major Kopolev had one of his revelations. The tank was not a dumping site, but a lair for some terrible creature. However, he did not have time to share this, because at that very moment he spotted an unmarked trail and shouted back to his captain. Pull over! Stop the truck! W what is it? What is it? Trepanov driving next to him. What? what Sure, and he slams on the brakes and beeps the horn and says, Major, what have you seen? Getting all the papers out of my satchel. Look at this, look at this. This trail is not on the map. What, what trail? What are you talking about? Look, look, out the window, the trail. You cannot tell me you do not see it. Oh, uh, 
Well, I suppose that that does look like maybe there's a sign of some light traffic going in that direction. Do, do, you, do you think we should check it out? Light traffic out here? The only traffic is between the tractor station and the villages. Well, it's probably just another village that isn't marked on the map. Maybe it's uh, not a Kolkos, it's just... You hear what you are saying? You hear what you are saying? A village? A village that is not marked on a map in the Soviet Union? Major, please, all of this... Where every person in this country is listed in a document in the Kremlin? Come on! All of this is conjecture for the time being. Um, do I see, if I look where he's sort of pointing, do I see a trail of sorts? Well, I don't think you've, I don't think you've immediately, I don't think you've seen anything. I think the Major has seen something that no one else can really make out yet. Right, right, right. Major, you have seen, what, some undergrowth that's been disturbed? Uh, possibly a track that uh, maybe the cattle took in the previous years when it was still a successful dairy farm? Or we don't know. But to where? It seems like a, a tiny thing to adjust our route for. If that's what you weren't suggesting. I... I want to know, I need to know, if it is not on the map, why does it exist? The, this trail? Da. Lieutenant Fyodorov, if the Major wants to investigate this trail, we investigate this trail. Da? <laughs> well, thank you for that assessment, Tryepanov. Um, not That's Captain Tryepanov. Yes, of course, Captain Triepanov. Uh, how far back was it? It's just there. I gesture through the window to where there's a bit of scrub. Do I see anything? If I take a few paces towards it, do I see? Yeah, if you take a few steps towards it, you can see that it looks like uh, it looks like a way that has been travelled. There's uh, some there's some tyre ruts. Uh, it doesn't. It's not like a big track. It's not a big road, but it looks like there's maybe some tire marks that go off. If Fyodorov's walking over to it, I, I hop out the truck. If we've stopped, which it sounds like we have, I hop out the truck and I I jog over to him because uh, I want to. I, I you know my first priority. I'm not suggesting that we follow it all the way to its conclusion unless there's a reason to. But I certainly want to have a look at it and see what's made it mm -hmm. and try and work out if we can. What it could be. Okay, so you hop out. Uh, Trepanov hops out as well, um, and Kovalevsky uh, leans out of the truck and says, uh, "Sir, oh. excuse me. Do, do you mind letting us know how long we're likely to be stopped? Uh, as you know, some some of the men are um, not very well. Is this uh, should should they get out in um... five minutes, perhaps? If they are desperate, uh, yes. Do not go far. Of course, of course." So he has a word with the men. A few of them hop out, stretch their legs, you, you know, take a piss, take a shit, what they need to do. At this point, I'm going to cut back to the base and find out what the doctor's up to. So you, as far as I remember, you just called out, I'm going to go and check out the truck and started to walk towards the truck. Is that correct? It had been my intention to take uh, a couple of soldiers with me, a couple of privates. You, you don't want to take um, a blocking staff? No, I think Block and Steph should stay with the, the body of the men. Okay. Uh, and I should take two, you know, two guys who I, who I know are capable 
So not Yabenko. No, he's in, he's in a bad way. Why don't you take Tamasev and, and Nikolsky? Oh yeah, and, and Tamasev and Nikolsky. Nikolsky's the younger one, isn't he? Uh, yeah, let's say he is. Yeah. <laughs> Both privates, right? I mean, I, I don't need any corporals. They are. They certainly are. Yeah. Nikolsky and Tamasev. So uh, the image I had in my mind's eye was that I had them either side of me, and I was stood there, pipe pipe in mouth, and I was looking at this. Before you get to that point, as you walk over to the truck, Tamasev says to you, um, Tamasev, we haven't had him yet. Uh, Northerner? Yeah. yeah hmm. Welsh? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Tamasev says, um, Sergeant, Doctor, uh, do you mind... <laughs> well, we're in doubt, go Welsh. In doubt. Do you mind telling me how long do you think we're going to be staying here for? Because I thought... You know, excuse me asking, but I thought we'd come out here to fix the telegraph lines. Amazing cameo from Michael Sheen. <laughs> but there doesn't seem to be any sign of anyone fixing any telegraph lines. <laughs> it's because he's from Georgia, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> That's he's, right. He's got that thick Georgian thick accent. Thick Georgian accent. and Like Stalin. Just like Stalin. So we don't talk about that, right? One minute we were talking, uh, talking about telegraph lines and now this talking about infection and contagion and radiation i've heard the talk amongst the men and some of us think maybe we should all just uh, head back to the uh, the red army depot excuse me for speaking out like this but you've always been a friend of the men doctor not at all Tamashev. yes i i couldn't agree with you more the uh, task agents have made the chain of command very complicated for the good lieutenant we know that the only way that we will leave this place um, healthily and with uh, the hope of a, of a good spring ahead of us is if we work with our good friends in the party. Yes, Tamashev? Always remember that. You too, mm. Nikolsky. Da. Nikolsky, he's a, he's a quiet young man and he just nods and says, da. He's, he, was, he was a bit anxious about Tamashev speaking out. Um, give, me a, give me a psychology role. It's a good skill of mine, and I have passed. So you get the feeling that Tamasev may not have just been speaking for himself. Yeah, yeah. For the men. Possibly. But, you know, you've, you've said what you can, that things are difficult because of the TAS agents. He sort of nods, goes quiet. You know, you have to remember, my friends, that I fought for Russia against the Austrians, you know? And now I fight for Russia here, in this moment, as you two do. It, we, we are serving the nation, we are serving the people, we are serving the republic, the, the glory of the Soviet Union. Mm. In order to do that, we must stay alive, my friends. Yes, I agree with you both. But we are also soldiers, and sometimes soldiers have to do a little bit of questioning, a little bit of investigating. As long as you think the best way to stay alive is by staying here rather than just maybe saying it's not possible to fix the telegraph lines, they're too badly broken and heading back to the depot. What are you going to say when um, Major Kopelev gets his telegraph wires back up and we are back in our base eating our stewed beef and, and hoping to make a visit into the local village to see the girls? You're going to go up to him, strong and proud like you are to me now, and say, oh, Major, we thought we would just leave you behind. No, you're not. None of us is going to do that. He will call his friends in Moscow and we will all be strung up. You know, this is not... You can't think like this. 
Give me a persuade roll. I've aced it. Well, I'm not aced. It's a zero nine. Great. Okay. He he seems really convinced by what you're saying. The thing about, you know, the danger of um, going against these uh, high-ranking party officials has really sort of silenced him. And he sort of, ha- you can see him having a little think and he nods and he says, as you say, as you say, Sergeant Doctor. I think if I see that he's sort of leaning towards me on that one, I will do my... I'm obviously quite a lot shorter than him because I am most of the people in the company. And, I, and, I, and yet I still do this thing sometimes where I, like a, like a friendly wrestler, I put my arm around his neck and I pull him down to me and I, and I say, you have to remember, yes? I have your best interests in heart because I have my own best interests in heart, yes? Yes. This is the way we all work together in this beautiful country of ours. Thank you. Thank you for... Um explaining things to me so clearly. What you have to also do is you have to focus on the fact that TAS agents who do not get straight down to taking telegraph poles down and wires down might not even be TAS agents. You understand me? This is big. They ask us to come here. We are the first people to come here. We make this look good. Everybody gets to shine their brass back home. Okay? You stick with me. And you stick with the lieutenant. So what you were just saying about TAS agents not being TAS agents, it looks like that thing, that has actually gone completely over his head. Yeah, I thought it would. He's a fairly simple man. It's more for me, really, I think, psychologically, that is. But you've, I think you've won him over. So anyway, they, they carry on up to the truck with you. If we're sticking with me, mm-hmm. uh, I never actually got to see the body except from a sort of... I looked past Kopolev, who, as I recall, was somewhat bulkily standing in front of me as if he'd put on a few pounds suddenly but I didn't clock he had a bag hidden it was actually it was the lieutenant who clocked the hidden bag so I, I still don't know he took the satchel so in some ways this is burning time perhaps but I, th- I think for him he's still got this sort of itching sensation that he's going if it is an agent if it's an OGPU agent he wants to see it and also I think there's I think in all truth He's having a little bit of a twitch psychologically about seeing the uniform because mm-hmm. he, he just took the major's word for it and he never actually checked. Okay, so you're going to have a look at the, the body in the truck? Yeah, and I say, you two, keep an eye out, you know? Anything moves, anything unusual, you watch these lights. Yeah. So you see a... Um, you, you come and have, an, you have another look at the body? Yeah. Once again, you see him sitting upright with a gun in his right hand, an entry wound in his right temple, exit wound in his left temple, bullet hole in the window. It looks very much like he's committed suicide. Um, There are no other obvious wounds on the body. But you do notice again that um, he appears to be sort of dried and kind of a bit withered. And I'm going to go through all of his pockets again. Uh, I say again, again for the sake of the game. Because I know that he really has been searched, hasn't he? Well, he had the satchel taken off him. All of his pockets are empty? Yeah, yeah. Nothing of any interest. Does he, does he have a, um, uh, an M1895 pistol? Mm-hmm. Standard issue? No. I'm not sure what the weapon is he has. But it's not a standard sort of Red Army pistol. He's, uh, you know, as you, this isn't any surprise to you because you've seen the 
Ogpu uniform. Is it expensive? Does it look expensive? Yeah, it looks like a looks like a quality weapon. I'll take that and any ammunition. Okay, fine. And I'll put that in my bag for the lieutenant, of course. Mm-hmm. Not for me. Oh, and while I'm here, I'll reload the three rounds that I fired into the ground. Okay. Uh, of my own uh, one eight nine five pistol, and then I will sit in the seat next to the dead man. <laughs> Not too close, but like, and I'll do my what were you doing thing that I sometimes do now that I'm in my 50s and I've got a moment of quiet. I have a, I have a swig of vodka and I literally say to myself, I think I might have slightly miscast myself, Brian Cox. I'm like a cross between Brian Cox and Topol. Okay. And this is one of my more Topol moments where I go, what were you up to? Ogfu, what were you up to here? Hmm. And I think, what the heck was he up to? Okay. Do you want to give me um? Do you want to give me an idea roll, or an intelligence roll? Yes. I mean, I'm assuming that he has to keep the, the engine running in order for the lights to keep running. Seventeen. Three good rolls. Let's let hope it continues like this. How good? How good is that? Hmm. My intelligence is not great. 55. Oh, so it's, a, it's a, um, a hard success. It's a hard, but it's not exquisite. No, that's fine. So I can tell you that uh, the, the engine is running because these guys, because the uh, telegraph agent's got the engine running. Oh, yeah. It doesn't require someone to be sat in the vehicle to keep the engine running. No. So <laughs> I've just realised Triapanov and Kopolev were clearly working on the truck with the body still <laughs> <laughs> he didn't require to st- he didn't have to stay there but the way the vehicle is pointed uh, clearly gave him a very good view of the silo with the lights you wonder whether he was looking out for something you notice that the door that Triapanov originally opened to get into the truck Triapanov had to had to uh, break open it was locked from the inside yeah he was he was inside the truck but he'd locked the doors i think again i say this is the redoubt this is where we fall back to he kills himself here this is the last place he can survive why here why he feels safest here but also knows he has to end his life or he's gone mad like the lieutenant said um since you got a, a hard success on your idea roll, you get out. You get out of the truck. You walk around it, having this thought, and you realise that. Uh, give me a spot hidden. Give me a spot hidden. <sighs> Zero two. Oh, okay, great. So you remember that when you were in the uh, in the garages. There were a load of trucks and they'd all had their headlights stripped off them yes. and rigged to the lights. This one did not have its headlights stripped off. They're not on at the moment, but you wonder whether maybe it's relevant that this van, this truck had headlights and maybe that has something to do with why he was in it. And will they actually turn on? Will the headlights turn on? Well, you could get back in and try. 
I don't want to turn those lights off though up there. So I don't want to fiddle with anything really. But I might take that up. Yes, I, I note that down. I think I, I maybe even take a notebook out for the first time. <laughs> and as you take your notebook out, the, the lab notes fall out from beneath the pages. Yes. And you, you wonder whether maybe, maybe now you've checked out the truck, maybe the men seem to be getting on with a watch, maybe now might be a good time to just have, have one more look over those notes to see if you've missed anything, to see if you can remember anything about the um, Astronomical yeah. Institute that has been preying on your mind. I know you've mentioned it a few times and you, you've been racking your brains and you think maybe you just need to sit down and, and, try, and try and work out what it is about that that, that is, is, is bugging you. Yeah. I think I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll leave those two men there and say that I'll send two men to relieve them. Great, okay. Uh, so with that, we'll go back to the, the two guys who are exploring the trail. So Tryapanov, Kopolev and um, Fyodorov are stood by the, the point at which uh, tyre marks, now you're there, you can see tyre marks clearly turn off the main trail and onto this, it's not a trail, it's very much cross-country uh, but the the sort of scrub is a bit lower and there are at least one set of tyre marks, maybe a few sets of tyre marks. I mean, the, the first thing you know, I want to know is, does it look like the sort of thing that would be, if it came to it, easily navigable using the truck we have, or would it be a risk? I mean, obviously it's going to be a risk because we'll have to roll for drive and all that stuff, but... Is our vehicle sort of designed for that sort of terrain? It's the sort of terrain that your vehicle can definitely traverse. Okay. It's not a it's not a trail, no. so it will require a drive roll because you know that the area around here is, is quite boggy in places. This is you know this is down in the, in a valley rather than up on a up on a hill, so it's got a bit. It might be a bit boggy. There's a chance that you might get stuck, but it doesn't look like this is completely unnavigable. And also, sorry to be boring, but just to check, how far are we from, if we were to go straight back to the tractor station now? Because it didn't take us too long to go out to... Uh... No. I'm, in my head, on the, on the big map, obviously, we haven't seen everything that's on this big map yet, but just in terms of being able to reference it for myself, it's got, well, it says Urenko, and there's the tractor station. So tractor station there, Urenko there, are we like halfway between the two? Almost exactly halfway between the two, yeah. So I'm going to say you're about 15 minutes from the tractor station if you wanted to go back. You can't see where this trail leads. But does it head, uh, what compass direction does it head into? Urenkovo is kind of to the northeast of the base. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this goes off to the southeast from that track. Yeah, if that that's makes what sense. I was picturing, yeah. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. So down the valley, basically mm. down the valley that we we crossed through. More or less, yeah. But we can't really see any anything that it leads to. It just sort of leads off. You can't. It looks very, very bland and uh, uninteresting. Well, Major, if you really think that uh, the the best next step in the investigations is to uh, follow this track. I won't fight you on it, of course, but uh, it strikes me that perhaps it would be worth... I think it is too risky. 
if we cannot see, if it does not. When I saw it, I, my initial thought was that it was perhaps an animal track. Mm. I say, listen, I, Fyodorov, this may sound crazy, but I have seen some things in my time that have made me question whether we really know everything that is going on in this world. And I was thinking about it when we reached the windmill. The contents of that place and the nature of the silo back at the tractor station makes me think of an animal's food store. Like a squirrel keeping nuts, it is somehow reminiscent. And obviously this would mean that whatever animal it is, is large, possibly enormous. So perhaps I am paranoid, but I saw the trail and I thought perhaps this is a clue, a track that the animal has made. But now I see that it is tractor prints. Something else more chilling occurs to me that the people of these villages, I read a report that they cleave to an, an old faith. Is it possible that they have, perhaps there is something in this area that they have decided to venerate, to feed, and I don't know. I mean, uh, you, you cannot rule anything out in my experience. Uh, perhaps what you're saying is not so crazy. I don't believe uh, even the biggest bear I've seen, well, it mutated like that rabbit we found but a day ago and had eight legs. Even that could not melt steel or... This is what I am saying. If people have done it for it... Perhaps if, if they believe, they believe that there is this thing, they venerate this old thing, then perhaps they do this as a sacrifice. They place the bodies there yes. as if to feed their god or their animal. Most likely it will be some kind of deformed animal mm. that has hearkened back to some folk uh, myth. Yes, yes. That they have misinterpreted. There will be a scientific explanation for this. Yes, probably some eight-eyed, five-arsed bear. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, somehow it mirrors their thinking. Uh, it's possible. I would not, at this stage, Major, I would not discount anything. But I agree. The only thing that bothers me is the idea of that man in that jeep back at the silo. He was clearly, he clearly took his own life for, out of fear, I think. Why was he sat there? Why wait? And also, the lights on the silo. My instant, my initial thinking is that this animal is nocturnal, that it is a, a, a repelled by the light. But then why illuminate its food source? Is it to draw it to the food source, or is it to keep it away for some reason? Major, if I may, I, I, I feel this is perhaps where you're getting lost on the wrong side of this concept. There is no animal. There may be an animal, but there is no animal capable of stashing these amount of human bodies and, and burning holes in metal. People do these things, not the animal, whether they worship an animal or not. He shot himself because well, he had not enough faith in his party. He was ashamed of having uh, 
failed. Uh, he he thought that these people, if they exist, these uh, religious fanatics, were coming for him. But you're right. If it's a nocturnal thing, why use light to draw it out? But then why draw it out and then kill yourself? It, again, I come back to we are dealing with possibly insane people who have gone mad through isolation. Perhaps you are right. But then again, perhaps you have not seen what I have seen. Well, I certainly have not seen most of what you have seen. We only met a couple of days ago. <laughs> but if you'd like to enlighten me as to anything specific, I'm an open-minded man. Dryapanov, for the first time, laughs a genuine laugh. Then he thinks, that's actually, that's actually a really witty remark. <laughs> um, I don't laugh. Thank you. And instead I say... <laughs> instead I say... I have seen things. I have seen people come back from the dead. I have seen dead men attack me. So it would not surprise me if there are stranger things even than that. And then I'll sort of look at the bleak horizon as the wind whistles through what, what little vegetation there is, and I say, we should get back to the tractor station. The... It may not be safe out here. I think in that in that brief pause, if I had time to, I kind of wanted to just look at Triepanov. <laughs> I know we're not exactly like Bezies, but sort of have some sort of, you know, is this normal behaviour? Like, are you worried here? You know, just try and convey that with a look. <laughs> not in a seditious way, in a sort of... Help. <laughs> this good? This all good? <laughs> That's that's really fair. Give me a um Trepanov's just like ah classic Kopolev. <laughs> He's not all about his zombies again, is he? <laughs> Give me a psychology roll. Okie dokie. Huh. It's not quite a critical fail, but it's a bad fail in terms of my analysis. You get the impression that Trepanov is uh he certainly doesn't look like this has like blown his mind right what what the majors just said yeah i mean that's a sort of basic that's sort of what i was thinking yeah because you'd be able to tell pretty quickly if someone like triepanov was like shocked or concerned <laughs> yeah uh but but you certainly couldn't tell whether you know the specifics of what has been said isn't is known to him okay grand um in which case uh upon a couple of saying let's get back in the trucks agree so you all hop back in the trucks and set off back to the tractor station make sure we haven't left any of the soldiers shitting in the bushes (laughs) and back at the tractor station the doctor is maybe maybe having another look over those notes yeah definitely I've informed uh, Blodzinstev I have two men I've got uh, Nowolski and Temosov standing guard over the generator the uh the electric generator truck. Mm, I cannot ever remember the name of that. Um, but it's, uh, yes, that one. And they should be relieved in, oh, what? Um, they're, good, they're good men. Send another two out there in half an hour, yes? You think it's a good idea? Da, da. Give me an idea roll. Give me an intelligence roll. While blocking stuff is there. Oh my God, you're not going to believe this. What? It's a zero one. These dice are loaded. Oh, he's on the rolls tonight. Who's loaded your dice? I've never rolled over 25. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, no, I did roll a 34. But they were all passes. <laughs> Fair play. I think that's my first. 
while Blockenstaff is standing there, you just suddenly think. So you've been looking at these. You've been looking at these notes, and the thing that's really been standing out to you is. He sounds completely mad because he's gone beyond... No, the thing that stands out to me is the, the, the astronomical reference. Yeah, and you think, you think, what the hell? Why don't I just, why don't I just ask Blockenstaff if any of this means anything to him? Yes. Well, I'm in my thinking out loud mode after my detective work. Yeah, you are. Uh, at the truck. So, so I think as I'm walking away, I turn and I go... Is this astronomical? Why would it be astronomical, Blochenstev? Astronomical? Does that mean, like... To do this, the stars, you know, this Professor Volokolamsk, the Astronomical Institute. I know nothing about Volokomsk or whatever. Volovons. But, um, Volovons. I know nothing about Volovons. Professor (laughs) Volovons. Sounds like a decadent... French food to me. <laughs> yes, but um, I don't. I have never really had much interest in, uh, you know, as, astronomical or astrological events, uh, except of course the, the, uh, you know, everyone watched the meteor shower last year. The meteor shower. Yes. What uh, remind me? Well, sure, you... <laughs> Bayo, excuse me, but... I was there, I was there. Yes, I was, of course I was. I did not think you were that drunk. <laughs> well... We all sat out and watched the, the meteor shower. It was, um... Oh, no, not last year. Maybe... Maybe two years ago. Mm, yeah, maybe December... December 31. 31. Yeah, there was some um, big, bright streaks... Uh, across the sky, beautiful. Um, I mean, I can almost hear Kopolev talking as we were from earlier today when we were talking. No, it was, it was it was yesterday, wasn't it? When we were going around the camp, and he was talking about the productivity in thirty-one. And my mind starts. I can I can hear the major kind of thinking thinking stuff through, and I'm going. I'm playing catch up now. <laughs> what was? You must remember the meteor shower. Of course I do, yes, watching stuff. <laughs> it was the most beautiful thing. The dairy was very productive at that time. We're fucked. I say, and, 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 my, and my pipe is just dipping further and further away from my mouth, but I'm holding the bowl in my fingers. And I'm looking at him slightly wide-eyed, thinking, no, it cannot be, it cannot be that the stars, like some sort of pagan or old-time fear, has come to grip us. I... Excuse me, Bayo, I, I don't What, know. I didn't, I said that out loud. I didn't mean to. <clears throat> Sergeant, forgive me, it's been a long, it's been a long morning. Yes, I, I, do, I don't, um, I don't remember any more, I don't remember reading anything about the, the meteor shower. That I remember that was the thing at the time. We watched it and we, we said, oh, surely this will be in the local news bulletins, but it was not. There was silence about it. Now, obviously, we don't have radio contact with um, the trucks, do we? No. Yeah. I thought I'd just check. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, I think I turn away from him. Will there be anything else, Sergeant? 
No, no, you make sure the men know that we must be ready to move as soon as we can. Ah, that's good news. We are all hoping to move at the earliest opportunity. Since there is clearly not possible to fix the telegraph wires, I think the men are all keen to get back to the depot as soon as possible. Well, we must make sure that the Major agrees with our plan, Sergeant. Duh, but he is not Red Army. No, he is not. Hmm. You trust him, do you? I trust him as much as I trust any TAS agent who is not interested in putting the telegraph poles back up. Hmm. Forgive me, Boschenstev. Let me speak plainly. You think he's a TAS agent? Bail. I um, have never met a TAS agent before. I don't know what to expect from them. This is a very wise answer. <laughs> I hope, uh, hope you're feeling better. I will leave you now. And he walks back. And as he walks away, you think this, this memory of this meteor shower just makes, makes you look at those notes once more. And you look again at the, the note that mentioned the Astronomical Institute. Yeah. And you realise this is all because of your extraordinary role that I'm yeah, feeding you a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you realise this, uh, that what you're looking at is, seems to be quite clear that this is uh, descriptions of some kind of substance that's been collected that is unusual. Well, I go back to spectroscopic analysis proved inconclusive. Doctor Who. You go back to spectroscopic analysis and then you think, and then you think, do you know what? I'd put it down, but maybe I should just have one more look in that chemistry textbook. Yeah, cross, yeah, cross refer now. And you open it up and you give me another, one more intelligence role or, or a chemistry role, a chemistry role. That's better for you, right? Technically it isn't, but would you give me a bonus die? For the chemistry role. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm giving you a bonus die because now you've got a bit of you, you're putting two and two together. Rather than just like because intelligence is fifty five. I mean, statistically, I'd probably be better off using that. But I feel like let's try for the pure skill. Well, it's good that you gave me a bonus. Twenty nine is what I've rolled, and my skill is twenty nine, teetering on the edge right. of understanding. Oh, that's. That's um, serendipitous. You go back to the chemistry book, chemistry textbook, and and suddenly it's like the scales have dropped from your eyes. And when you looked at it, when you looked at it this morning, <laughs> yeah, great news. <laughs> great news. I now want to kill myself. Great news. The scales have dropped from your eyes. <laughs> Nicole, a Cthulhu adventure. Um, <laughs> so, what what previously had appeared to you to be the ravings of a madman suddenly it all just clicks into place. And what he's been crossing out, there's a pattern to it. It's about, it's about behaviors of, of, of materials and minerals. And it's about substances that behave in a, 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 different, a different way to anything that has done before. And you realize it's, this is very specific. It, it, it all adds up and it's, these look like the annotations made by someone who has discovered a new element or a new substance that behaves in a different way you could have just sat in your cave and looked at the shadows on the wall 
But you had to go outside, didn't you? You had to have a look. Uh, yep. And um, you are beginning to feel quite strongly that maybe this meteor shower is connected to a new and undiscovered substance that behaves differently and potentially, as you've already intuited, to the productivity of the site. Uh, but could you please give me a yeah. sanity roll? Yeah. Which I have also passed by rolling exactly my set. Ah, no. Shoot. Because I lost one sanity, didn't I? I mean, I might potentially have a different sanity score for you than you do yourself. Tell me what you've rolled. I rolled a 62 and I've got a 61 sanity. Okay, well, I'll just tell you how much sanity you lose. You lose two points of sanity. Could be crucial. There's one more thing that occurs to you, unfortunately. The overriding feeling over all of this is that you are you are a step behind and that Kopolev and Triepanov already know all of this. In fact, maybe they knew all of this before they even turned up. And they don't seem bothered by it at all. And you get the strong impression that maybe you are just a part of some kind of experiment to them. And just at that moment, the truck arrives back. You hear them pull up, Dr. Lubomoba. The, the agents are back at the base. 